Your average hearing aid retails for about $2,000. Uh, these things cost as little as $50 to manufacture or less. So as you can imagine, there's a huge disconnect there. Welcome to the Shio.World podcast, where you will meet women who are transforming the world to be more equitable and sustainable. Your host for today's podcast is the founder of Shio, Vicki Saunders. Welcome to Shio.World. Welcome, Audra. So excited to have you here today on the CEO World podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here, Vicki. So tell us all about you, who you are, what your company is, and why you're doing it. Great. So I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, you know, originally my background was in finance. I did a stint in investment banking in New York in a previous life. Um, spent a few years in Africa doing uh, volunteer work in the nonprofit sector, really in kind of the microfinance space. Um, and about 10 years ago, I, I really got um, involved in hearing loss. And, uh, you know, this is a cause that uh, touched me personally, my family, both my father uh, and my aunt had hearing loss since they were kids. Um, so it's, you know, I've grown up with, with families with wearing hearing aids. What, what I didn't realize was how big this issue was. And it affects 1.5 billion people around the world, many of them children. And, and that's how I got you know, into this space and, and really found my calling in life was just to find solutions that to access to hearing aids and hearing health uh, services. So I founded uh, Ear Access, which is a, a company headquartered uh, here in Montreal uh, to, um, to really find, you know, big solutions. And so what we do is uh, we, uh, we provide a line of affordable hearing aids, six different products in the line from sort of entry level to higher end. Uh, under the Access brand. And our focus is really um, on mostly on emerging markets where the need is the greatest um, and, and where hearing aids remain uh, vastly unaffordable. And we also uh, provide training programs for people locally to provide the hearing aids, mostly women. 75% um, of the people we train on the ground are women. And, um, and we also uh, increasingly are providing uh, services at scale. So mass screenings, um, uh, in places like the Philippines, which is one of the countries we're very active in. So our, our ultimate goal is, is really to, to reach the underserved, those people who currently simply do not have access um, to this care or to these products because they're either A, unaffordable, which is one of the problems, um, but two uh, is also the issue around um, you know, access, not enough people trained on the ground to fit them. So mm -hmm. Guatemala has one audiologist for the whole country. Oh my God. You imagine, and she's actually trained in Canada. So that's really what we're about and, and ultimately about enabling people, children, adults to, to reach their full potential through access to hearing care and really be able to connect to their world um, have better mental health, um, you know, outcomes, and 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 really just be able to live a fulfilling life. Okay, well, so let's get into the sort of systems challenges around this. So, tell us a little bit about like, are hearing aids expensive? They are here uh, in North America, where I'm based. Tell us a little bit about like what the marketplace looks like. Sure. So, your average hearing aid retails for about two thousand dollars, whether you're in Canada or in Nairobi, Kenya. Um, the prices are kind of the same around the world. Uh, these things cost as little as $50 to manufacture or less. So um, it's, it's very much of a, a very high margin business and it's very much of a, a low volume, high margin business around the world. So as I mentioned earlier, there's about 1.5 billion people who have hearing loss. Um, if you only include those people with sort of moderate and above, which really means they have disabling hearing loss, that's about 500 million people. 
most of them could benefit from hearing aids. Uh, but currently, uh, there are only about 14 million hearing aids sold worldwide a year. Most of them in North America and Western Europe and Japan and, and sort of uh, high income countries. And the guess is that, you know, probably a million units for the entire rest of the, you know, lower income, middle income countries. So as you can imagine, there's a huge disconnect there that's happening. And this is really a big market gap. So that's one of the one of the market dynamic issues that we face. And the second one is this issue of lack of trained people to fit uh, the hearing aids, do the testing and the follow up. So again, uh, you know, a country like um, a country like Peru, 30 million people, 10 audiologists. So that kind of gives you a sense. So so those are some of the dynamics that we see currently in the markets. And so as you can imagine, um, for someone living in Kenya, these hearing aids are just unaffordable and, and they can't even, um, you know, they can't access them. So whenever you hear these things, you're just like, this makes no sense, which is obviously what you did. And when you saw all this and heard all of this um, and then got involved in, so what makes the, what is the problem between the $50 to manufacture and the $2,000 where it's sold? Talk to us about the, that chain. So, you know, if you ask people in the industry, they sort of all point fingers at each other. Um, the manufacturers, you know, a lot of people point fingers at the manufacturers because of their margins on the product and, and you know, the wholesale prices. Um, but the manufacturers will, will sort of point a finger at the audiologists and the hearing aid retailers, where we do find that that's where a lot of the markup comes in, like four or five X the, the price. So, um, but the audiologists and the hearing aid retailers will tell you, well, it's very hard to make a living and cover all these overhead costs. Um, unless, uh, because, the, because it is a high, it is a low volume model focused on those people who can really the top, you know, five, 10% that can afford, um, and the way the model is structured, um, they need to be making more margin in each hearing aid. So it, it depends on who you ask, but ultimately, um, uh, several middlemen and uh, women or people um, uh, end up, you know, creating those markups. Um, and so one of the, you know, our solution is, is to cut out some of those middle people from the process and to go directly to consumer um, and to be able to do high volume at much lower margins. And so are there, like how many manufacturers exist in the world? Is that where one of the problems are as well? There are five major manufacturers that has been consolidating over the years. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of m and in this, in this uh, field, but um, five major manufacturers that have about 90% of the market share. Um, and so it is very, in there, uh, most of them are in Europe. So most of the concentration of the large manufacturers are in Europe. Um, and uh, so it's, it's a very, um, you know, a, a lot of the manufacturing is uh, within the hands of a few big corporations. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm listening to and engaged with lots of people who are solving systemic issues all over the world around a lot of different sectors, but I don't think I've ever seen or heard such a like egregious difference between like 14 million sold and 1.5 billion in need, or even the 500 million in need. Like it just, if you think markets solve things, which yeah, we're all starting to learn they don't. <laughs> uh, say more, <laughs> I yeah. don't understand why it's like this. Yeah. So, so there's definitely an element and, and that's, the, that's the part, part of the solution is the price and the affordability and then the access, the distribution and, and finding alternative distribution models, which is really what we're, we're creating new distribution models. There's a third element here called stigma. And uh, you might have had that, you know, experience with your family at some point, someone in the family needs a hearing aid, might not feel like they want it because it, they're associated with being old or they, you know, for whatever reason, um, will put off that decision. 
Um, and, and that's something we also work on is a messaging to people about why it's important to act now. First of all, um, in many of these countries we work in, they're not even getting tested regularly. Like in Canada, actually, you know, I never got tested in school. And, you know, these were not things that we had uh, regularly, like the, not as often certainly as vision tests or other kinds of tests. So that's already kind of a public policy issue. But then, then there's this question of stigma and reticence to, you know, wait longer. Um, what's, what's, what's really interesting, and this is actually um, uh, out of Johns Hopkins, a lot of work has been done on showing the impact of uh, hearing loss on uh, uh, decline in dementia, uh, you know, some of the correlations of schizophrenia, um, you know, uh, and uh, Alzheimer's. And so there are studies now coming out showing that a hearing aid can slow down the progression of some of these, you know, mental health and brain disease. Oh my God. Yeah, there you go. So these are some of the arguments that, you know, really um, we see uh, as, as one, of, one of the reasons why people who might need hearing aids might not want them right away or might choose to postpone that decision. Um, th these are some of the arguments that really get people thinking about, well, is this, am I making a choice between an aesthetic, you know, product and, and my mental and my brain health, right? And that, that yes. really speaks to people. Oh, you just gave me a whole, I, I, now there's a sales point <laughs> to get people that, you know, need that. That's a, that's a fascinating thing. Again, getting underneath to the cultural motivations, what has existed in the past and to try and shift behavior is, that's really powerful. Um, so, audiologists being another thing, just the, the public health issues, I think is, is really interesting. So tell us a little bit about where you are right now uh, with your business, where you'd like to go uh, and how we can help. Well, so currently, um, you know, we have, uh, we've launched, we've now been selling our product line for, for several years. We've been operating in different geographies, including places like Guatemala, Philippines, um, uh, the Middle East, we've been in Qatar and other places, Chile. Um, and uh, we're now we're now really looking at the next phase of growth. And, and the big vision for us, we want to be the number one leader for hearing aids in emerging markets, bottom line. Um, we think that this is something that, you know, we can, um, you know, we, we're excited about, about, you know, really being that, that company that focuses on these areas that are really underserved and that a lot of these companies are ignoring because, you know, they're just, and, and they're more traditional model and, and all they need to do is grow at the aging population rate in the United States and they've done their, you know, they've done their profits for the year. So this, this, this kind of shift on, you know, this really focus for us is on, on, on lower and middle income countries with, I would say, in our, in our plan for growth, there's certainly, um, uh, you know, we, and a lot of people have asked us about this, Canada, you know, hearing aids are expensive, can be expensive here too. So what about Canada? So certainly that's something um, that uh, down the road we are, we are looking at exploring as well. Um, and uh, SHIO to date has been, uh, you know, an, an amazing uh, part of the, the support that we've gotten. Um, and, uh, and, and in particular during the, the pandemic, we've done a big shift to online. And, and that, that funding that we received from SHIO has really helped us accelerate some of that, you know, conversion to online, um, being able to do sort of an, you know, an omni-channel approach online, in-person, bricks and mortar. Um, and so that's, that's been hugely helpful. And, and the other thing um, that I think uh, SHIO has been very helpful with was with the venture advisor, um, you know, Lauren, who advises us, has, has been terrific. And so we have these uh, bi-weekly calls um, where we really talk about, you know, the big vision, the strategy. As an entrepreneur, you're often just really busy on your day-to-day -day operations, you know, um, and it's really, it's, it's great to take a step back and, um, and really think about, you know, opportunities, the bigger vision, um, these things that 
you know, repeatedly you've thought about and as you're growing your business, but sometimes you don't create enough space for that. Totally. And um, it's as much about the venture advisor herself and, you know, and, and, and her she was tremendous experience and vision, but it's also about just creating that space in your busy life. Right. And so that's something, both of those things have been, you know, very um, helpful in, in her process. And the third thing I would say is what, what we're, we're looking to um I'm looking to do more of going forward is, is connecting even more with the CEO community. And I think that's, again, something as an entrepreneur, you get busy, but, but there's so much value in this community. There's so many amazing women doing, you know, who figured some of these things out. Right. And so yeah. just that exchange um, is something that we're really looking, uh, looking forward to continuing and kind of growing over time. Well, yeah, I mean, we are so interested to help. So it's great to do this podcast so that people can get to know you a little better. Uh, I just wonder, do you, have a, a few challenges that you can sort of share that we might be helpful with, or at least to get a sense of like what the big obstacles are for you in the near future? Yeah, I think um, one of them is really focusing on the transition to online, you know, really looking at digital um, digital marketing experts. That's something that we've, we've worked with a few, but I think um, we're always open to kind of uh, deeper expertise. We're, we're growing as a company in terms of our own level of knowledge. So kind of deep expertise in digital marketing and, you know, the trends um, certainly is one. Um, and as, as this is really a part of our expansion plan uh, and scalability plan is to, to, to be able to grow this outside of our current markets on the online uh, sales side. I think two, you know, recurring issue always for entrepreneurs, but we are looking, uh, we're actually going to be uh, going on a, uh, on a large raise uh, later this year. So um, right now, our venture advisor is certainly supporting us a lot on the you know creation, finalizing, updating the pitch deck, and these kind of materials, which has been very helpful. Um, but certainly, um, I think for for other entrepreneurs um, who have gone for their kind of their Series A, that's really interesting for us to connect with them and to get kind of a you know trade some notes on that. Um, we've been financed to date mostly with uh, with uh, grants and debt, and you know, um, and so uh, we're now really looking at the equity side of things. And and so, yeah. you know, just, I think being able to get some, you know, some, some, some advice and help along that journey would be great. Okay, great. We can definitely help with that. And I, maybe just a, a last question or so. So you talked about being in Philippines and Guatemala and very focused on the developing nations that are emerging. So when you're selling online, can anyone buy from anywhere or are you really trying to target certain countries? Right now, we're just targeting certain countries. So okay. our okay. online model has been launched for the Philippines. Okay. And so this is kind of that's that's one of our questions, too, is how to how to scale that, um, you know, either on a regional basis, because there are um, certain requirements, you know, there's some logistical things that come into play, the ability to import hearing aids into a market. These are all the kind of logistical challenges. So most most countries require uh, import licenses. They can be very time consuming, very long. It's it's regulatory and it's medical devices. So it just takes forever and it can be very expensive. So we're we're looking at ways uh, to address that challenge so that we can scale more efficiently, uh, you know, faster across these markets. So that's certainly I would say one of our one of our top upcoming challenges. Right, and so the and the process for doing that is is like oh, takes a long time. Is that correct? Well, the process for doing that for us um, and one of the solutions that we're seeing, and this is still, um, uh, you know. That, that that's evolving is 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 working um, uh, with with the manufacturer that we really uh, you know with the plant that that you know we are with our hearing aids that that allows us to get you know to partner in terms of finding doing some of that regulatory work and or having clearance in some of these countries. So um, it's really we see this as a kind of a partnership approach. Got it. Okay. Cool. I just want to share a story because I I think. 
you know, hearing loss, we often think of adults and, and that was the, the bulk of the hearing loss is there, but um, there are a lot of children with hearing loss and, and that's one of our focus areas. And uh, I just remember um, early on when I started this journey, um, this, this boy uh, we had met in the field and he was uh, about seven years old. He was getting fitted with hearing aids for the first time. And when he heard the technicians, you know, say his name, he started to giggle. He was so excited. <laughs> And then his father walked into the room and, and called out his name. And when he turned around and, and saw his father, he ran into his arms and just burst into tears. Because that was the first time he was hearing his father's voice and he was connecting that person with that voice. And, and it was just like, everyone was in tears. Of course. You know, that's just the start of a journey for somebody who's hearing for the first time. But I just I just want to highlight how transformative it is it can be to get access to the help and that's really why we do this and and ultimately you know it it, it can it can change somebody's life so mm. thank you so much for that story and thank you for you such a gift it's just so fascinating to hear what you're doing and a huge challenge that we're facing in the world with a really innovative uh, approach to it and personal connection as well so thank you so much for sharing your story here today we're really very thrilled to be supporting your work and really, really thankful for how you're using your leadership in the world at this moment in time. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for all the support from Shio. It's really appreciated. Thank you for listening to the Shio.world podcast. Like, comment, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. We invite you to join a global community of radically generous women at Shio.world.